How's everybody doing? Awesome. That is good, good stuff. Uh, I am so very happy uh, to be here this morning. It's always such a privilege. <clears throat> you can tell I'm struggling a little bit this morning with my sinuses and voice and everything, but we're just going to have to preach that out of me. So, and don't worry, I, I know Easter Sunday morning, we got all this food. The last thing you want is a long-winded preacher. I get it. <laughs> Trust me. I smell it too. So I ca I'll keep that in mind. Right, Mike? Mike's on a diet anyway. He's getting ready for Hawaii. So he, he ain't worried about the food. Right? But uh, we are so very happy to be here. And as I do, as is, I guess, my custom, I always greet the angel of the church. Uh, so we, we so appreciate Pastor Brian. Uh, known him for a very long time, and he is truly, indeed, a very good friend and a brother in the Lord, and we're so happy to be here with him and his lovely wife, Christy. I don't see her right. I think she's in Sunday school, right? Uh, just a wonderful time. They are wonderful hosts. We've had a great time since we've been here, and I greet all of you, and so we're so very happy to be here, uh, so glad that my wife could come out with me, get to, uh, you know, meet her and and get introduced to her, like Pastor Brian said, uh, wonderful things God's doing there for her. So we're going to get right into the good word of God. How many would like to do that? I see the clocks over there. So I'm taking a mental note of where I need to stop on that big hand. Let's go to Matthew. I guess I could get up there, but I, am I okay right here? Awesome. That's good. Uh, interesting what Brian mentioned there. I'm going to tie right into that. In Matthew 28, now, ever since Friday, I've been thinking about some very, very important things, specifically in regards to the days leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection and the suffering that Jesus went through. Well, I'm going to tell you. That world that God has set in your heart according to Ecclesiastes 3. That world needs a savior and Jesus is it. What he went through, what he suffered for you. Is beyond sometimes the comprehension we have the ability to imagine. But he suffered greatly and he did it all to make sure that you had an opportunity to see the salvation of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? We serve a wonderful God. He has given us a beautiful salvation story. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. So he said, in the end of the Sabbath, as it is, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Man, this had all of heaven's attention, didn't it? Descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not you. Now, where were the disciples? This is interesting. They spent three and a half years with Jesus. They're all in their own homes. It was the women that went to the sepulcher that, that morning. 
to, to see the Lord where he was buried, right? He said, fear not to these women. He said, I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Which Jesus are you seeking today? Now, it was very interesting that the angel said it this way. I know you're here to seek Jesus who was crucified. But the angel said he, that is the Jesus that was crucified, is not here. He is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, where he did lay. Yes, he was crucified. Yes, he was here. He was buried here. But he's not here anymore, Jennifer. That's what the angel's telling him. He said, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. And he had actually told his disciples this before his death. He said, I will meet you again in Galilee. He told them exactly where he would be. They still weren't putting it together, though. In fact, in one gospel, it says that they did not know yet the scripture concerning that he was to be raised from the dead. How do you spend three and a half years with the Lord and not know these things? It's interesting, huh? He said, though, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring the disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hell. They came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Now, I'm going to skip down because the, the next few verses is all about how the chief priest and the soldiers and all of them were conspiring again. To try to hide the fact that there was now a resurrection and a missing body. And they actually paid off the guards and said, you tell them that his disciples came and stole the body in the night. And one gospel says that it's still to this day a customary saying that they stole his body, Mike, and that, that, that this whole thing is a conspiracy. Right? But listen to what happened in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. We got those this morning that are worshipping the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, and maybe some that would doubt the thing. But it's always been so, hasn't it? I'd like to persuade you to move away from that doubt into the full faith of God that Jesus has indeed risen from the dead. Jesus said unto them, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Folks, I want to tell you this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ and his revelation and the, the love that he has for each and every one of us is the most important thing you could ever come to in this life. Now, you might say, well, I don't know this story. I'm not familiar with these things. 
Well, let me tell you just a little bit about them. God, in his great mercy and his love, told a story by way of his son, Jesus Christ, that savior of the world was born in flesh in the story of Adam, came because there was sin in the world. So God sent his only begotten son. Pastor Brian quoted it, John 3, 16. He sent his only begotten son. And whosoever believes on that son can have everlasting life, eternal life. You say, well, I'm just interested in getting everything I can in this life. Okay, that's fine. But what happens after this life? Because whether you know it or not, you're an eternal being. Whether you realize it right now, when you die, you do go somewhere. You may not know where, but you are in God, the eternal spirit. And so what happens in this life is very important. The choices you make in this life are important. The decisions you make. So be happy. Do what you want to do in this life, if you will. But do not forget the story of God. Don't forget Jesus. Jesus Christ loves you beyond your comprehension. God sent him into the world as the savior of sin. If you go into the early chapter of Matthew, it was the angel Gabriel that came and prophesied to the young virgin Mary and said, you're going to have a son. She said, how can I have a son? I'm, I'm but a virgin. I, I've known no man. But she said, nevertheless, at thy word, let it be so. That's interesting because when the same angel Gabriel appeared to Zacharias and told him he was going to have a son, he said, ah, oh, I got a problem with this. I'm an old guy. I relate to that. I'm an old guy. I can't have kids anymore. My wife is old. She can't have kids anymore. Gabriel said, because you did not believe my word, you're going to be mute until the day that child of prophecy is born. And sure enough, when he was born, the family was all gathered together and they thought, wait a minute, we're going to name this kid after his ancestors. And I'm paraphrasing, I get it. But John was like, he was shaking his hand, no, 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 no. And so they had to give him a tablet, Jennifer. And they said, well, what's his name going to be? And he wrote John. Why? Because Gabriel told him his name's going to be John, right? He's going to prepare the way of the Lord. They said, you don't have anybody in your family named John. Why would you name him John? Because heaven told him to. So he named the son John. And as soon as he issued the, the, the proclamation that his son would be named John, the angel loosened his lips and he was able to speak and he glorified God. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that awesome? That's amazing. God knows what he's doing. But here's the difference between Zacharias and Mary. Mary believed the angel of the Lord. You say, now I'm not sure about this angel thing. Well, I got news for you. When they show up and they talk to you, you'll believe it. You may come out of it doubting it, or you may come out of it in fear, or you may come out of it in a wonder. But nonetheless, the angel of the Lord and his words to you will be true. Funny thing about angels, everything they do promotes Jesus. Everything they do tells you about the story of Jesus, kind of like the prophets in the Old Testament. Everything the prophets did, Travis, was tell us about the coming Messiah. Everything in this world, the gospel we preach, it's all about Jesus. And you say, well, I, I'm okay without him. That's where you're at right now. But there'll come a time where if God has mercy on you and compassion on you, I'm just evangelizing a little bit, that's all. The mercy of the Lord comes upon you and you see the condition you're actually in. Some of the curses that run in our families, 
Are you, are you kidding me, man? Where's Merle at? Merle, I was on the plane, and I went into some things in the Holy Ghost, and God showed me your generations. Showed me that the Holy Ghost had visited your generations, and that he had not forgot about you. And he heard the prayer of the Lord. And guess what? Now you got a granddaughter and grandsons being raised up in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's because the Lord loved you. He knew about those thoughts that were in that generation that opposed God, but God said, that doesn't matter. I'm going to give the word of the Lord. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to just tell you bluntly the word of the Lord here. When you do pass from this life, have no fear. God has instituted the revelation of Jesus into your genealogy, and it's coming forth right now. See, that's what God does. You say, man, that's pretty awesome. You better believe it is. Because that's how God changes an eternity. You might be going one direction and just doing everything that your heart desires. You know, the world we live in right now is full of all kinds of lust, and people just want to do what they want to do. They're not thinking about the afterlife. They're not thinking about eternity. They're thinking about the next TikTok. <laughs> now, don't, don't, don't let me step on your toes now. I'm not saying it's evil. I'm just telling you, don't forget about Jesus. That's all I'm saying. I look at it every now and then and get a good laugh. It's all good. But I ain't sitting on that thing for 12 hours a day, Jennifer. I'd rather be in the thoughts and imaginations of God. Isn't that the way of it? Why? Because there's lost souls in this world. There's lost souls in this world that God is after. You believe that? Do you really believe that, Jennifer? Because God's called you to preach this gospel and to proclaim this salvation story in that world that God has set in your heart. That's what God's done. Are you aware of that? Well, now you are, aren't you? I imagine there, you might have been told that before. Everything of this life, you put it in any order you want. But the prayer of God that I have in my heart for you is that at the top of that list, God is there. Jesus is there. Because that way, in this life, you can know of a surety that your soul is in good shape. It's heading in the right direction. That when you do pass from this life, you have done everything within your power to give yourself to God. And you are in the hands of a living God. That's a whole lot better than being a soul full of obstinance, full of arrogance and pride and lust and evil wickedness. You don't want to know where those spirits go. You don't want to know where those things transcend. The gospel of Jesus Christ can avoid all of that. You say, what do you want me to do? Run down here to the altar and say a sinner's prayer? You could sit right there in your seat and talk to God where you are right now. You can let every word of this gospel go right into your heart like a light from heaven piercing the darkness and shine the love of Jesus Christ in your heart. And in a moment's time, start your life on a journey to knowing the greater measures of the things of God's kingdom. This is all about the kingdom of God. This is everything that we give our lives to. You can have fun in this life. That's that's great. We just had a lot of fun. We went to the beach for a couple of days. Fantastic. Phenomenal. I told you, Brian and Chrissy, they're wonderful hosts. They, they always took such good care of us. 
But I can tell you this, every moment, literally almost every moment I was there, I'm talking to the Lord, praying, meditating, praying for you, seeking out the things of God. God's talking to me. That's because we have given our lives to this gospel. It's the least we can do to give our lives for you as Jesus has taught us to do. So when you, when you come to the conclusion of it all, what are we really saying here? That there is an eternity. There is an afterlife. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is life. There is death. There are angels. There are devils. You do have to make a choice. You say, well, I don't believe that. It doesn't excuse you. It does not excuse you. You can say, I do not believe in it. But when you die and the angels meet you, you will say, my God, what have I done? I should have paid more attention. Because your belief does not change the truth. Well, I'm preaching, man. This truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been sent all the way from heaven. Do you know how far away that is? When you're in the thought of the things of this life in this world, the thoughts of heaven can be very, very far away. But do you realize that we've brought this all the way to, from heaven right to where you're at right now? That this thing be sown into your heart? Now, some have already believed this message in our our. our progressing along some even into an aspiration of ministry a desire to preach the lord we've got preachers all over this place teachers and those that are going to edify and, and, and exhort in the gospel of jesus christ maybe you're a helper maybe you work in governments maybe you're you're just part of the ministry that helps support this thing those that are teaching sunday school are missing this message right now because they're sacrificing themselves to preach to our children how important is that I tell you, it's extremely important, and I'll tell you why. Now, listen, you're not going to listen to me ever get into politics or start getting to all this thing of the world. I'm, I'm not going to do it, not behind the pulpit. Probably won't do much of it even behind the scenes. But I will say this. The world right now, it is after our children. The spirit of the world is after our children. Merle, that's why the Lord talked about that, just using you as an example. When you sow the good word of God, look at what it does. Look at what the, the fruit becomes. And you say, why is that important? I'll tell you why. Because if you leave your children to the world, they will destroy them. They will destroy them. I promise you this. I've got grandchildren, seven of them. If they're in my home... And they're talking some of the things that the spirit of the world has sowed into them. Don't think for a second that I don't sit them down and share truth with them. My little granddaughter told me one time, I think I'm a boy. Oh, boy, I'm going to step on some real toes here now. I said, sit down, sweetheart. I said, you listen to what your papa's saying. You're not a little boy. You are a beautiful little girl. And don't ever doubt it. I cast that spirit out on the spot and it never came back. And now she's just a beautiful little 10 year old girl, loves God, wanted her own Bible, comes to church, wants to live for God. You say, Ah, oh, you just brainwashed her. Thank God. 
Thank God. Because I got brainwashed too. I got a new mind. Because my old mind was naughty, dirty, filthy, unclean. You wouldn't have wanted to go into my mind when I was a young man. Of course, I think there's a few men here that might relate. But God's done great things. Why? Because I'm special? Because you're special? No. But because we're God's children and we've always been God's children. You say, I ain't God's child. Oh, yes, you are. You just forgot. You've been God's child ever since he created you. And you might be wanting to go your own way right now. That's okay. We might actually have to let you do it and leave you where you're at. Until you get so fed up with sin and wickedness that you ask God to send a savior to preach the gospel to you and change your mind. Jesus said, now are you clean by the washing of the water of the word that I've spoken unto you? I'm telling you what you say. What does it take? One word from heaven. One word from heaven to wash you, to cleanse you. The anointing of the Holy Ghost breaks yokes. See, I deal in my, in my ministry, I say my ministry, it's only what God's given us. In the particular giftings and ministry and anointing, I, I deal a lot with going after spirits. You say, well, that freaks me clean out. Don't talk to me about that stuff. Don't you even look at me, preacher. Well, I wouldn't quite be looking at you, would I? If I was going after something, I'd be going after a spirit. Working in your spirit, working in your heart. You say, well, why would you do that? Well, don't worry, we won't go against your will. But if a prayer rises up in you that says, God, help me. Don't think for a second God won't send an angel to help you. Won't send a preacher to help you. Won't send an anointed one to help you. To, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and even cast out devils if need be. When Jesus got done, he was raised from the dead and he met those disciples on that mountain. He told them, you're going to go forth and preach the gospel. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to cast out devils. You're going to take up serpents. All of these things you're going to do. And you know what they did? They turned the world upside down in his name. One of the greatest things I was reading it this morning. I'm almost done. One of the greatest things that Jesus, I, I find this so interesting. He said, now is the time that the name of God be glorified. Again, I'm paraphrasing because I know we got some real Bible scholars. Brian's one of them. He'll, he'll get you right on the letter of the law. It's awesome. But the word I mean, right? But I'm a paraphraser because I'm a preacher. So he said, it's time for me to be glorified. And he said, Father, glorify thy name. He said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. A voice from heaven spoke and Jesus looked at them all and said, now, as I go to my death, now the prince of this world will be cast out. Well, I thought he got cast out in Revelation 12. Yeah, he got cast out of heaven. But now Jesus, because of what he was sent to do, he, Mike, he said, now that prince that fell from heaven and has worked in the earth to oppose this gospel, now he's going to be cast out of here too. And my name, my, my gospel, this message is going to go into all the world. See, that's in here. That's in your heart. You say, well, then why do we have church here? Because if you weren't here in an avatar, we wouldn't be able to talk to you. 
You'd be some floating spirit somewhere. And you're not going to hear things like that. You got to be here in this body. That's why God, that's why God put you in a body here so that you could hear preaching. And I have a very confident faith in God here this morning that you're here sitting on this pew this morning because there's a desire to hear that word in your heart. You guys with me? No matter what you've done, no matter what curses have worked in your families, because if you go back and look at your families, you can find some bad stuff, can't you? Every family. They've all got it. Some hidden, some exposed, some out there. But it's there. What you got to do is turn all that inward and say, God, what about my heart? What about my heart this morning? That's, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to cast my cares upon you. I want to throw myself at the mercy of the court. And I want to ask you, Lord, let that resurrected Savior, let that Jesus that is no longer dead, the one that was crucified, let that one now be a fulfillment of prophecy and let me know the resurrected Christ. That's what you want. I'm just creating a prayer in your heart this morning. If you want to know how to find God, ask him to reveal the resurrected Christ. Because Jesus is alive this morning. How do I know? I brought him with me. Who else came with Jesus this morning? He's here with us. What great things will God do? Anything we can believe God for. Have faith in God this morning. Because the anointing of the Holy Ghost can break every yoke. No matter what the sin, no matter what the wickedness. Our Jesus died on a cross and shed his blood to cover a multitude of sins. And if you believe in that Jesus this morning, all your sins can be washed away. And in a moment you can be made clean. And then you get to sit under a ministry like Pastor Brian is an elder of God that will teach you and create in you and build in you that doctrine of the gospel of Jesus so that you can know the greater things of God and never fall again into sin and wickedness. Amen? Amen. Let's stand this morning. I want to say a prayer with you. I want to say a prayer for you. I told you it was going to be quick. Mother, you don't have to stand now. Okay, you did it. Look at you. That's awesome. Father, we're so grateful this morning for your love that you sent your only begotten son into the world. He was crucified, shed his blood, did everything you told him to do as a savior of the world, now risen from death and hell. Let that same spirit, the same spirit of the Son, Jesus Christ, come into our hearts this morning and let us know that love, that truth that washes away all sin and brings us into the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and create in us, Father, a new eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor B.